Hi, I'm Maeve Doyle, and you're listening to A Private View. On today's show, we're talking to Donna Coro. It's her first UK show at Maddox Gallery. Mad, creative, spontaneity. Hi, Don. How are you? I'm great. I'm happy to be here in London and just enjoying seeing all the sights and excited about the show. Uh, about the show, I was wondering about the title of the show. Can you talk a bit about it? It sounds loaded with meaning. Mm-hmm. Mad Explosive Spontaneity. It's uh, The title comes from lyrics from a song called Spontaneity by uh, the hip-hop artist Bahamadia. And uh, it's a song that came out in the 90s. And uh, I like li- listening to it. I like listening to her, her music. And uh, it, the just those lyrics seemed appropriate for the for the title of the show. And I look at the show and I see, uh, you know, f- figures on on sort of flat canvas backgrounds, and automatically you think of Robert Longo. But but the difference seems to be uh, Longo's figures were contorted with kind of like angst and emotion, and I I was. I heard that his studio practice was to throw balls at them and pelt balls at them. So they were interacting with pain. You're very different. You work with models who you refer to as collaborators. Yeah, so it really becomes a really becomes a collaboration because the the model will, will come to my studio. I tell them where whatever you would want to be painted in, and then I will just work work off of that. And uh, they they come to the studio, and I you know they a lot of times they're musicians as well, so they may have you know their own music to play or whatever they want to listen to. We'll you know put some music on, and I'll have them move around. And I I really want to really want to capture a, a sense of, of freedom. I yeah, I want the the subject to be to be comfortable, and I want them to move around how, how they want to move around and. I'll snap photos so that so that I can use those later as as reference. I'll snap photos and then when the shoot is over, then I'll start looking through the photos and and then I start painting on canvas and uh, from and I from there I take my own artistic liberty in terms of the, the colors, the the texture, uh, how the how the work, how the images, how the images is, is cropped or or not cropped composition and. It's just a. It's just a. I listen to music while this is happening, and it's just a. Just a really uh, like a freestyle, free flowing experience for me. It's a different feeling for the sitters as well. So many times in the history of figurative painting or portraiture, or uh, the person who's being painted is treated like an object, but you fully want them to embody the spirit of who they are. And I think, uh, I think sometimes you're painting the spirit of who they are. Yeah, I, w- I would definitely say that I I want to be able be able to capture a person's essence, and it's in a way these. Another thing is like in a way these portraits, and so, there's a little bit of me in there with, with along with with the subject. So I may they may wear a like a solid color outfit, and then I'll play around with that, and maybe I'll incorporate colors. Or um, I have Nigerian ancestry, so I may incorporate you know maybe some. Uh, Something, some patterns that are inspired by 
um, clothing that I've seen in in Nigeria or, or, or something like that. So it is definitely a, a, a dance between the subject and the artist. You um, you opened up a door for me, and I'm going through it. You said a little bit of you in there. Let's go back to 1980. Uh, you were born in Texas, in Houston, and grew up in Lovett. Yes, I was. Uh, I was born. I was born in Houston, um, and I shortly after that I moved to Lubbock, which is where which is where I grew up. Went went to school and and all that. Lubbock is a a small city about about two hundred thousand people, and in Texas and I'm you know, from Texas, so Texas is a huge state. So in Lubbock is more isolated from the bigger cities like Dallas and Houston. And uh, growing up in Lubbock, we, I, I didn't travel much as a as a child. But for me, I would say that fashion magazines were like my my window to the world. I just loved you know, opening up a fashion magazine and flipping through the the glossy pages and. And there was even this one. There was this, this one magazine that's not a fashion magazine, but it's called Ebony Magazine, and it's a magazine that's about, um, I guess you could say, the the Black American experience. And each month they would have um, like two pages dedicated to fashion, and and they would highlight um, Black designers and even show some of the Black models um, walking down the catwalks in New York and Paris. And and I would see that, and it, and I would just think, wow, you know, I'm just so so intrigued and. And that's really what what got me in, interested in in fashion and and the uh, f- fashion editorial uh, composition techniques. So you went to school and you studied fashion or f- fashion and psychology. That's a really interesting mix. And then you went and you got a law degree. Mm-hmm. So that's maybe eight years of studying. Yeah, well, four four years for my undergrad and then three three years three years of law school. And uh, yeah, when I when I graduated from high school, I knew in my I knew in my heart I, I was going to be an artist someday, but I didn't really know how to go about it. Um, my family didn't understand. They they just wanted you know what was best for me. They wanted me to be, I guess, what they would say, a successful person, and and that really looked like being a doctor, a lawyer, engineer, something something like that. And so when when I went for my undergrad at the University of Texas, I. I thought, well, I, I think I'll just pick psychology. That sounds legit. Maybe I can learn more about me. <laughs> you know, I do that. And uh, but uh, and then I took a, a lot of fashion design classes, so I got a lot, lot of credits in that. And so that so I had that as a as a minor. But the, I I loved um, learning about fashion design, and through that process, I had to learn learn how to sew and learn how to make patterns, and and I really enjoyed fashion illustration. So I really thrived there. And after after graduating, now it's time for me to do something with my life. <laughs> still knew I wanted to be an artist, but I was still af- afraid to fully embrace and pursue that. So that's when I decided, well, I'll, I'll go to law school. <laughs> and, and of course, you know, my family was re- was really happy about that. I went to law school in in Houston, and um, I did that. And, and when when you're in law school during the summer, you do an internship at a law firm. So. When I did my my internship, um, when the, the the partners found out that I was uh, that I was an artist, and they had they were like hiring me to do commission portraits of their children and things like that, and so I was able to make some make some extra money doing that. But uh, once I graduated from law school, I was just like, okay, this is not what I want to do. I want I re- I really want to I really just want to be an artist, and I want really want to fully pursue that, and that's when I. Just dropped everything and moved to New York because because I had nothing nothing to lose and 
got got that experience and was able to spend some time there and got to see some see some of my idols and people that, that artists that I look up to and that that was an amazing experience but um but yeah ultimately that's that's when I started um pursuing art more the artists you look up to when we're talking about artist communities people like uh William Cordova or Derek Adams or mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to say her name correctly. Uh, you say it. Yes, um, Wangeshi Mutu. Yes, she's a, a Kenyan artist. And Deborah Roberts. Mm-hmm. All of them have given you advice on how to navigate the art world and mm-hmm. navigate life as an artist. Yes. that Those conversations are so important to me, especially having a... A back a background that's that's a bit non traditional, you know. Instead of going to get an MFA or something like that, you know, I just, like we discussed, I, I went to law school instead. And so for me, becoming an artist has, has been more about just just doing it and learning from trial and error. And, I, and along the way, I've had some amazing amazing working artists that that have been mentors to me. One of my first mentors was William Cordova. He's a Peruvian artist. Um, and he, he, I met him while I was in, while I was in law school in Houston and he, he's really one of the first, uh, art world people to really see, to really see, see me and to really, um, just help give me that valid validation that, that I, that I can do it. And then I, you know, that I do belong here. And, uh, he introduced me to, you know, a lot of his, his friends that are artists, uh, and then moving forward a few years, uh, living living in Austin, Texas, that's where Deborah Roberts is based, and I had had the opportunity to to meet her, and and then at one point I visited her studio, and you know we sat down and chatted, and she was able to just give me some advice, you know, you know, because it's like Deborah, how, how do I <laughs> how do I get my career like you, you know, and um, you know she she's you know she's wonderful, you know, if I have sometimes if I'm have a question, you know, I can reach out. Hey, you know, how do how do I navigate this, or how do I do that? And so it's it's wonderful to, to be able to to have artists that are so so kind and generous and you know willing to help. A lot of times, uh, when I've talked to you about your art and the twelve pictures that are in Mad Explosive Spontaneity, uh, I ask you what's what's going on like what are we talking about and and we've said you know it's expression uh, it's catharsis of sorts it's um freeing people up to be who they are but also some uh, some of the things you've said is about sparking change or opening up conversations or um reaching out to people who otherwise aren't represented mm-hmm. do you want to further those conversations mm-hmm so I end up I end up painting or depicting people people that are that are in my that are in my community, and um, you know there's some like there's I'll, there's just just this energy that's out there sometimes sur- surrounding me, and I want to bottle that up and put that into a show where people can just walk in and and get and get this experience. Um, you know, for example, for me personally, growing up in a small town, I was always. Maybe I don't know if this is part of me being creative and introverted, but I always just felt different. Like I, you know, never fit in quite, you know, quite anywhere. And through my art, it's important for me to be able to to reach other people who may feel the same same way, even if it's in, in a maybe in a different area, but maybe felt maybe people that felt like a black sheep or like that they didn't belong. And um, I want to you know, put put these people you know, up up front and center and just. Uh, 
tell their stories and celebrate that beauty. I'm thinking then about the conversation with Deborah Roberts, which is sort of about identity and building identity and, and responding to preconceived ideas and social constructs and and the community. And you introduced me to a word, and the black community, you introduced me to a word that I hadn't heard before, and the word's misogynoir. Yes, um, misogynoir, that's when a, a black woman experiences racism and misogyny, and uh, the person that coined the word is uh, uh, Moya Bailey, and she's a, a, a black feminist professor. And uh, I, heard, I learned that word years back, and I was just really interested in, and wanted to explore that more. And I began exploring that through how I experienced pop culture growing up uh, during the height of the MTV music video era. There, you know, I would have watched... Uh, you know, lots of videos like in you know rock videos, hip hip hop, and and oftentimes the the women that were in the videos, their their job was to stand in the in the background and just kind of shake shake their bodies or be there to be you know to please please the men. And I wanted I wanted to take take these women out of that context and surround surround them with gold. This is when I first started around the first time I started playing with gold leaf, but surrounding them with gold and. And uh, just bring bring them to the forefront instead of just you know just shaking in the in the background. And that's that's another thing I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about metal leaf and copper leaf and gold leaf and uh, that medium is a medium um, that's historical, but it's also a medium that's hard to control. Mm -hmm. So on your canvases, the ones where there's metallic, there's reflective surfaces. It doesn't kind of go where it's supposed to. And in my opinion, your work goes from figurative to somewhat abstract, where the, the identity is kind of going in and out of blurring. Mm -hmm. Yes, and um, when we, we chatted, chatted before about a year ago, and you, you, uh, you, mentioned, you mentioned that, that you saw, um, when you looked at my work, you also thought abstract, and I, I thought that was really interesting, and, and that really stu stuck with me. And, and yes, what I, I paint portraits, I, I look at a, a photo to as a reference and so my portraits um the people the people can be kind of tight as far as um i don't i don't, I don't consider it photorealistic um, but it's it, it is realistic and so when i started playing with gold gold leaf i noticed that uh, there's a, a loss of control there like i can't fully control how 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 the metal is going to wrinkle uh you know where you know where it, where it flakes off and and I, I like that. I think it's a good a good mixture on the canvas. Um, there's that, there's control, and then a, little, a bit less control. And I like the the surprise that I that I get at the end. I love that Andy Warhol's one of your influences, and, mm -hmm. and part of uh, the the attraction to that is he he brought his friends into the center stage and and had the factory and made his own superstars. And I uh, I look through your. Uh, pieces at Maddox Gallery, and I see Revel and Vamps and Riffs and Sending, and these are the titles of your paintings. But within these paintings, we have dancers and capoeira, mm -hmm. dancers, if you call them, or fighters, whatever capoeira is, mm -hmm. or singers and models. And I, I want you to talk about how Andy Warhol's an inspiration in the way you work. Yes, Andy Warhol is one of the, one of the, first artist I learned about when I when I was in in high school and I would you know when I first saw his work I was drawn to it just be, because of the colors and 
And I was interested in the way that he pl- played with the idea of celebrity and you know, the whole thing. You know, he said about like the f- 15 minutes and and uh, when I when I create my work, um, it's I I'm painting the, the people that are around me. And so they're they're the celebrities in, in my life. And also, not, not only was I drawn to um, Warhol's work, but also draw, just drawn to his story as a, as a person, uh, just re- reading about him, um, le- learning more about him and, and learning that he he's someone that kind of felt seemed like he felt like he didn't didn't quite quite fit in or didn't meet um, many others ex- expectations but then but then when he became an artist and started started really flourishing like you know in, in the 60s uh, and just through through his creations he was able to, to draw draw the right people into him that he that he wanted in his life and he was able to inspire them and they inspired him and I, I just I really really like that idea you know maybe someday I could have my own factory I, I don't know maybe in the states but in the Texas but um, but yeah he's uh, he's really been a big inspiration for my work how do you work what's your studio practice like um, what theory do you read I I just I just really like to let let things just just flow just go just go with with how I feel um, I I listen to music while while I create um, and yeah just I I my studio is in, in my home um, it's one of the rooms I love it there's a, a big window and there's uh, the sun the sun pours in and I li- like the warmth that pours on my skin as as I create and and I just like to just let let it all just let it flow out of me just um, how I'm feeling at that time and and I may not. I may not be aware of it at that moment, but then when I look back at things, you know, maybe years later, I'll I can see like, okay, that that's where I was at that moment, and you know, things like that. How do you feel about commissions? I I am open to doing some commissions. I, I did did a an illustration recently for a magazine, but I do limit limit commissions uh, because I I like to. I like to. I want to do what I want as an artist. For me, that's part of the reason I became an artist. I, I want to paint what I want, do what I want without anyone telling me, "You need to do this. You need to do that." So when it comes to commissions, I, I take them if if I have total cr- creative freedom, and you know if I'm able to, if it's something that would be fun that that I would do anyway. I mean, I know when I, I say creative freedom, but I know I don't mind there being some some parameters because it's for a specific project and a client, but. It's got it's got to be got to be fun and it's got to fit uh, my artistic practice. I only ask that because I remember when a Warhol switch post the the shooting and he did all commissions and I'm like, hmm, I wonder if that Warhol part of you is is alive and well. Yeah, yeah, that that's interesting. I want, I I do wonder how how he felt about the commissions, but I guess he was must have been okay with it you know i think there was a time in his life when he changed, but who knows. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. okay with it. So what is art for? Art, art is for, for, for many things. Uh, art, art is, is something to, to make. To, for me, art is something that's there to, to pull out, to pull out a feeling, um, to possibly um, bring, bring out a conversation, to, um, to provoke questions, uh, and. Or you know it can also just be there to 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 beautify, just to make the surroundings um, feel feel good and you know feel feel more pleasant for you know for the person that's there. If you could uh, live with one piece of work, 
What would it be and why? And money can't be a deciding factor. Oh no! So my my own a piece of work of my own or, or another artist. It doesn't matter. There is a, a there is a sculpture uh, that's uh, by um, Wangeshi Mutu, and it's uh, I don't I don't know the title of it, but it's a it's a metal sculpture, and it's a it's a mermaid. It's a where you can see her bo- bottom half is like a like a fish, and then the top half is a it appear appears to be a maybe a female figure, possibly a a, bl- a black figure, and and the figure just sits. It can be it can be outside, and it just lo- looks on looks on to you know whatever whatever is outside. But something about that sculpture is just very very calming to me. So I can I can I can live with with that one. And you can keep your studio practice and all the paintings in that too. <laughs> right. right? Of course. What what are we talking about here? <laughs> uh, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like to talk about? I'm just just happy to be taking part in this show to be a part of this this whole thing with um, with Maddox Gallery and just happy just happy to have my work on view especially just as a as a as a black woman woman here in here in London um, you know even if I know that there have been some efforts made in recent years to bring out more representation of, of black people in the art world and and that should that should happen um, but you know there's there's a long way to go. Um, but at the same time, just ha- just having someone like me or just my work, just to, to have that that vision out there. Like I just hope that you know, just I could inspire someone, even maybe someone that's like a, like a young young version of myself. You know, they could look at that and say, "Oh, wow! You know, I could do this," or you know, "That looks like me." Uh, so so I think I, I hope that that it, it could inspire someone in that way. I think you probably will. Um, thank you for being here today, and uh, thank you for listening. Uh, this is The Private View. We'll be back this time next week. Bye for now. You've been listening to Maeve Doyle's Private View. I am an art critic and artistic director at Maddox Gallery. This podcast is produced by Will Fitzpatrick at Soho Radio. The music is by Korshid Homi. Thank you for listening. Thank you.